without being compelled to do it. I mean, it's like, what do you want them to do? I'm, I'm not saying it's about I'm not saying that it's 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 not always about the corporations as yes, there are the bad guys because they're actively thwarting progress. So they're bad from that perspective. But it's not always the answer isn't always, well, we got to force them to do something. It's more about the consumer deciding that they don't want to be manipulated in this way. Like, again, sort of sort of comes back to when you're talking about the uh, being paid for your data. People have to say, you know what? I'm tired of giving these guys my data for free and uh, and letting them go off and do whatever they want with it. Um, maybe I do deserve to be compensated. It's the same kind of situation. You have to, as a consumer, you have to say, you know, uh, this is a duopoly. Do I want to keep down this road? I mean, it does. Is it concerning to me? Is it concerning? Oh, without being compelled, no without choices, without regulation being compelled, the the corporation has to find profitability in doing that. So enough people would have to have Linux yeah, and exactly. demand and and yeah. give the opportunity, give the give the business opportunity to make money by creating something that was compatible with it. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I'm just saying it, 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 there has it to takes be a, a lot of awareness. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I think corporations are a lever to pull to drive something. If you have if you give them outsized control over the economy and they could probably be a hindrance in their own way because they're working within their own self-interest to be profitable, especially well, if they have probably. share they, shareholders. They will. That is the. No, yeah, well, of course. That, that, that is the. And I think, but I think that's the issue. I, I, I almost like I get corporate. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you and I could probably go back and forth with this and I may agree with you in the end, but I feel like we blame corporations, but because we as a society give them so much leeway, so much power when really we should have a lot more regulation to control the lever instead of them controlling us, instead of them dictating to us. You see that in these congressional hearings. Nowhere does it speak louder in a congressional hearing where the congressmen are asking the corporations to tell them what to do. And then you look into it and you're like, oh, these people write their bills for them, so on and so forth. And as long as that dynamic is like that, how how do you blame the corporation for doing exactly, in a sense, what we're telling them to do? It's what our representatives are telling them to do, what we're asking them to do. So until we have better representatives... Well, again, I, I mean, that, I think you use the operative word there. It's not about blame. Uh, blame is yelling into the into the void. It's screaming into the black hole. It's not productive. That that that's sort of where the conversation needs to go. It, it's where people need to take the conversation. It's not it's no longer it's not good enough to simply say fossil fuels suck. I'm really tired of them destroying the 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 climate that we know that that that's just bare. You know, you could you could scream about that. You could go to any hill, any mountain screen top of your lungs into the sky it won't make any difference even if you were writing your congress people because they're writing their checks in order for elections we all know this you're right it has to be a more of a grassroots you know i've decided that as an individual i'm not happy and as an individual i'm no longer going to buy their products and i'm going to actively look for alternatives and it has to be more than just one person that's what's unfortunate about it, it has to be a movement it has to be an effort amongst people a grassroots movement if you will because no one else is going to stop them uh for you they're too entrenched they have too much control and and they've and they've gotten such a massive head start that you're never going to legislate them into the ground in order to ensure fairness and and uh yeah in a fair space in terms of competition it's more about people being educated to understand that the end result of capitalism and this is I hate using capitalism. You always sound like a socialist. I am a socialist, but you always sound like a socialist when you're like the end result of capitalism is to basically take all the money from the people and leave the you know the proletariat out. You know, it's 
it's just a bare fact. The end result of capitalism is that you have less competition because the 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 goal of any company is to be the most profitable um, entity within their particular lane. And in order to be the most profitable entity within a particular lane means you want to monopolize it. That's the that's your end goal. That's any company's end goal is to monopolize the space so that they have all the profitability. That's just it. That's like a fact. It's it's like it's weird to have a conversation over facts in that way. That is factually that is just it. That's the end goal of any company. Every com- no company wants to go out into a space and say, "Kumbaya, I'm here to share." We're not going to make it. No company goes out there. When's the last time you heard at a shareholders meeting a CEO stand up and go, "We could have made three billion dollars this quarter. We decided not to." Because there's a guy out there who wrote me a letter. He wants to enter this space. He also wants to sell onions, okay? I said, you know what? I like the cut of his jiff. I said, dude, we're going to take a pay cut. We're going to let you sell more onions, and we're going to give you a stall. And we're going to give you your free space to sell those onions. And we're going to, you know what? I'm going to cut back on ad time. I, In fact, I'm going to let you run some ads in a space that I could have run ads because I want a fair world. I believe in fairness. I love my fellow man. And I want everyone to get a fair shake out there. And that that is our corporate newsletter. That's what we're doing this quarter. If that sounds bizarre to anybody, as in that's never, ever happened in the history of capitalism, there's a reason for that. Because that you would lose your job. You would be out of a job within 10 seconds of sending that memo or putting or publishing that report. The shareholders would revolt and want you out because you just cost them money. That's just, it's not possible. You cannot do that. You can't do that as a CEO. So this is the landscape that we live in. And if more people understood that and like not just understood it, but like internalized that this is the end goal, this is how it has to be, then I feel like you would get more proactiveness. You would get people who want to be more proactive uh, in in our daily, in, in you know, in whether it be as a consumer or in terms of politics, but you cannot, the government's not going to solve your problems, uh, not to be some libertarian. Uh, you know, they're that's a whole nother bag of that's a that's another bag of turnips. But uh, at the end of the day, it's true. You 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 need a lot. You need like a what is it like a a village? What is it like a village to raise a child kind of thing? You you, mm-hmm. you basically have to take stab. You have to pull away at, with everything. And 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 at some point, even people have to sacrifice. It's it's impossible to make change without sacrifice. It's it's like a fool's dream or errand to go out there and tell people that big change can occur and you won't have to sacrifice anything. Anyone who's telling you that, by the way, is completely lying to you, right? That's a bamboozle. That's a, that's your first tell. Anyone who stands up at a podium and says, I can do this alone. I can make your world better. I Without you having to lift a finger, I will change your world. I will make you rich. I will make you secure. I will... Um, I will make your children's lives better than your lives. Anyone who's telling you that is is just full of complete horse crap because that's just not realistic. You have to sacrifice if you expect to see change in this world. Uh, there isn't a single event, whether it be the, the revolution that we all love to to talk about and uh, and lionize. Uh, you you have to put your neck on the line. If you don't put your neck on the line, you're not going to see change. If they if those guys weren't you know, those guys could have been hung if they lost and they were still like, you know what? I want to do this anyway. Uh, you know, they have, you know, granted they're, they're complex uh, heroes or what have you. And you know that, but I don't want to get too off, off center back to Linux. 
Uh, if, if you so don't we were talking about operating this... systems. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do something. You have to sacrifice like the revolution to make it is Linux. A revol- com- look, it's a, competitive. it's like a tech revolution. I mean, it's uh if we sit back and do nothing, we'll expect nothing. And um I don't know how to this is the thing. I don't know how to push people any more than than um than you already, you know, you that's you know part of why we do this pod is cuz it's like it's like our little a little foray into trying to do something. <laughs> it's not even, it's not <laughs> like whether it works or doesn't work, it doesn't matter. But uh, it's better to do something than nothing. Even if your something is inconsequential in the end, at least you tried. That's the way, at I, least you tried. The way I view it. At least you tried. Good practice. Yeah. I mean, what else can you do? I assume you brought a topic to this, to this pow, to this little uh, get together we call a I brought a topic to our weekly discussion and i'm going to stick with the theme of our last episode episode 125 i believe and i want to continue exploring some data with you antoine okay let's do it specifically the type of data that we all generate so what i want to do over the next couple minutes here is raise some awareness for everybody listening if you haven't listened to our last episode you don't necessarily need to before this one but I do encourage you to check it out one way or another. But I want to raise awareness about all the data that we all generate. Even if you don't think you generate a lot of data, trust me, you generate data. Um, And in the back of your minds, as we're going through this, just remember how much revenue, right? Profit others generate once you give them your data. Once you take your data that you have, it's held within your little fingers when you enter stuff into the computer, when you do something with a device, right? It's it, it's all locked in there and you give it, children. right? Data you give, it's like, it's like pixie dust. It's just, it's just flying it's off. Everywhere. Of, it's just, it's just everywhere. pixie dust, right? Have you ever seen Peter Pan with a little Tinkerbell flying around? She gets tapped. She flies. It's just everywhere. You can't do anything without having a digital footprint anymore. Unless you were truly off the grid, so is you like remember sand? as is it coarse? And just I, 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 it kind of glitters. Um, it's oh, beautiful. Okay. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Your data is beautiful, folks. Your data is beautiful. All right. Tre- treasure your data. But I want you to keep in mind how much money people are making off of this. And we went through this in our last episode. I'm not going to get into the numbers this time. And I want you to remember what you get in return. You get maybe a free chat. Maybe maybe you you get to post a picture for free. Maybe get to play a game for free or other times, actually most of the time, funny enough, and you don't even realize it, you're actually paying for the service and they're just profiting that much more off of you, right? So it's really, really interesting. So go check out episode 125. It's kind of like the preface to all of this in a sense. Um, And let's get into data. So yes, when you're talking about the data that you generate, yes, you are generating it in social media, but you're also generating it when you use your credit card, when you drive your car, when you're using devices, basically anything that's connected to Wi-Fi or is downloaded is capturing and sharing your personal data. And that data can be personal identifiable data, it can be demographic data, or it can be behavioral data. Right Now, let's explore how your data is captured, shared, and monetized in ways that are not related to your actual activity, right? In ways that you might not be thinking about. 
One way is simply by engaging in digital activity. You might immediately think about actively, uh, you might immediately think about, I should say, activity taking place on a social media platform like posting photos or downloading an app, playing a game, taking a quiz. Uh, but how about outside of social media, like filing your taxes? And I mentioned that because earlier this month, it turns out that H&R Block, Tax Act, and Tax Slayer wanted to improve their ability to market to its clients. So they installed some code on their website to capture visitor activity. Now, this is relatively common practice, folks. Every website does this. So this isn't atypical for them. But the nature of the activity is not equal across, across all corporate websites when you think about the sensitivity of the data that's being handled. So someone going in and signing up for a newsletter to be alerted of a video game coming out versus someone going to a website and entering their tax information, it's different, but you use these codes, right? So some companies have to assess the risk accordingly um, when you're thinking about deploying technology on your digital assets. Now, these tax companies decided to deploy codes from Meta and Google. Meta is the parent company of Facebook. Again, we discussed it a couple episodes ago. And by doing so over the course of two years, they've shared with those two tech giants tens of millions of taxpayer uh, of data on taxpayers. So they shared data of tens of millions of taxpayer data with Meta, with Google over the course of two years, including filing status, income, refund amounts, names of dependents, approximate federal tax owed, which buttons were pressed on the tax preparer's websites, and the names of text entry forms that the taxpayer navigated. That's messed okay? up. That's messed up. And, so, um, that's a lot of I information. Mean, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing that sucks about this. I'm imagining that the user agreed to all of this because it was in the fine print of some incredibly long documentation that you had to click OK in order to get your taxes filed. Am I, does it even mention that? It doesn't. And you know what? That's not necessarily true. Nope. Um, if they put, because what it sounds like mm -hmm. is that they didn't know. They themselves, the corporations, did not understand the technology they were deploying and didn't know that Meta and Google would be scraping this information, that the information would be sent to them. It sounds wow. like they just didn't. Wow. Okay. And okay. it was just a fundamental misunderstanding of the data flow. Okay. Um, and so it could have been if they knew about it, yes, they would have updated their T's and C's. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. not when it comes to what you're clicking. That would be more of like you, when you first go in and it says, do you accept these cookies? Do you want to do yeah, this stuff? Right. You, you pick. Yeah. yeah. Do people read that? No. Would, no. If they read it, would they even understand it? No. 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 So it's, it's yeah, I mean, first of all, I mean, we could go on a whole long rant about that. I feel like everybody who has ever come across one, which is 99% of people, always thinks that. It's it's like so, it's so hilarious that our governments would work so hard to, to talk about doing data protection only for it to amount to a long thousand word essay with legal jargon that you would have to be a trained lawyer within the tech space in order to even begin to comprehend what it is you're actually saying okay to as a, and the, and the companies are allowed to just do that as a as a wall to something that you just need like i need to do taxes right now i don't have time to think about what is being put in front of me before i hit 
click okay. And anyone who says you should read it and you should make a choice, how can you have a choice when every single tax prep company out there is going to be doing the exact same thing unless you have enough resources and money to go to like a boutique tax specialist? Which or you do it yourself. Or you do it yourself. Even doing it yourself, because uh, first of all, I mean, we don't have to get into this, but I mean, you know, the government, it's what's it, terrible tax and all those things make it very difficult for you to figure out how to do it yourself. Uh, the government's trying to remedy that by making a, a tax app or a tax website uh, that people will be allowed to do, which is being critiqued by certain players in the space as to the government trying to take your money and take over uh whatever it, it, that's a it's a whole other thing anyway the point is the point is is that i can't believe that the solution from anyone was to throw up a, bo- a ball of legal of legalese for everyone to click through and that is your choice you either don't want it or you want whatever they're they're selling and you have to go through this wall i just think it's just so it's absurd to put that on the on the user to find a workaround if they don't want their data to be sold or taken by a, a particular corporation or entity. Anyway, everyone knows this. Everyone feels the same way. I, I, this is just something that if you don't, you level do, if, if you don't, us. if you've clicked okay, cause you just want to get to the next screen and you really yeah. don't even know what you're facing. Cause we're in business. We kind of know what that is. Maybe some people don't, I mean, that's an assumption. So even if you don't know what know that what is, you're, is. You're, you're agreeing, you're, you're agreeing agree- to share the data that you enter in, in a sense, you're agreeing. You're agreeing for them to put things on your computer too, in some cases. So it's your, sometimes it's your bank account. It's your freaking bank. What am I supposed to do? Pick another bank? Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing you can. No, there's nothing you can do. And I think that's kind of the point of raising awareness for all of this. Yeah, so exactly. Probably. Um, there's yeah. a there's that, that it, it's a lot of sensitive data, folks. Again, H and R Block, Tax Act, Tax Slayer. Um, if you did use those sites, uh, you should be a little concerned if it impacts you. Um, but do not forget, right? I don't want you to lose sight over the super sensitive data that was shared with those two companies. But don't forget, these codes, like we said before, are used everywhere. Like if it's not those two co- companies, it's someone else. There's plenty of web analytics services out there. These codes are on every website that you're that you're visiting. So all the interaction, all the profile data that you have, all the behavioral data that you exhibit by clicking and searching and all these different things you can do downloading by existing online <laughs> by existing by online just existing online which we another whole conversation should just be a right and should just be anyway that yeah by existing in so a space it, that it is almost detrimental to your health and your future to ignore it's not like you can live without being online in modern society or at least modern western society so the point is, is that, yes, that was an example of super sensitive data that should never have been shared with another company without you really knowing why and what you were doing. Um, it shouldn't be something that's like an oversight or something you can casually click through. And if you didn't read 80 pages, you didn't know. There is every other website you visit is sharing that type of data. If that was an example of that level of high, highly sensitive data being shared just by using those two codes, those codes or something like it are used everywhere. Okay. So please understand that level of data that you that are that you are again shedding like pixie dust across the internet now another way of sharing data is streaming most of us would think of movies and music and the global music industry surpassed 1 trillion streams in 3 months which is a full month faster than 2022 and the fastest pace ever documented in a calendar year 
So congratulations to them. Um, the type of data being aggregated here isn't just your PII, which is your personal identifiable, uh, identifiable information again, uh, but it's your segmentation, right? And this is where you kind of get into how your data is aggregated. So we're adding more color to what we call your persona. So you're in the US, you listen to non-English language music. You listen to music between X and X times. You buy this type of music. You react to these types of ads or your data set is matched with other aggregated data and you purchase these types of products, visit these types of sites, answer these types of quizzes, drive this type of car, make this amount of money, just receive this amount in your tax return. You have all these other relatives and now their attributes are linked to you, right? Because they captured your dependents from those sites. But what other type of data can they match up? And so let's imagine even going beyond that, right? Now we've seen the type of data that you shed like pixie dust. You see how you can kind of be uh, grouped into segments and, and, and your behavior manipulated in that way. But if you imagine everything else that amplifies that, financial data, dating data, right? You're on your dating apps, political data, sexual data, shopping data, geographical data, even medical data. And there's even a method for data extraction by those that seek to profit from it meaning activity on social media or other websites is arguably legal and purposeful, even though if it's negligent from erroneous coding, but what about hacking, right? So there's all the legal stuff out there that we have to worry about. Then you have hacking that gives entities access to your very sensitive information. And earlier this month, state-backed Chinese hackers penetrated Microsoft's cloud-based security and hacked the emails of officials at multiple US agencies. This happens at other jobs too, right? This isn't an attack on Microsoft. This is just something that recently happened. But we also, and we give so much sensitive data to our employers. So none of it is really 100% safe. You have this uh, medical giant, HCA Healthcare, which operates 180 hospitals in the US and Britain, said 11 million patients in 20 US states had their personal data stolen, including address, phone number, email, date of birth, scheduled appointments and the medical departments that were involved. It's unknown whether or not social security or form of payment was taken. So while these examples are very specific in terms of hacking, we've seen this play out numerous times over the past years, decades um, with corporate entities. I think Sony was a big one uh, several years back. Um, so all the information that individuals share with their work, whether it's with a corporation or doing business with or a patient of, or they work there, none of it's really possible to stop. Like we are not stopping hacking, but it is something that happens. So the revenue being generated by corporations, independent or state actors, whether it's lawful or unlawful is happening. They are using our personal data. It is happening in our personal and professional lives. And in none of those situations, are we being compensated for the data that we own? So when you consider some of that compensation how, would be helpful if you're getting hacked and your life's being ruined, you're, you know, you're. Yeah, that's what I mean. Data's being it's stolen, not, it, and uh, someone's opening up a thousand cards in your name, ruining your credit score, and the only thing you could do is either have signed on to uh, some sort of, uh, forget what you call them, uh, what do you, you know, the, the life life support or whatever the life hack places that that say they'll insure the you best, a million dollars if your data is stolen, and the best you can do is have months. yeah, go on. yeah, the best you can do is have your debt forgiven. But you still wasted all that time with your identity being stolen, your data being stolen, things have been purchased in your name. You have to untie that knot. And that knot can take a very long time. 
it, it costs. Like, that's what I'm saying. It costs. Like, at least yeah. if you're being paid, it could help offset some of this. Uh, some of that. Uh, well, that's edit. what I mean. Yeah, that that's the whole point of bringing up that's the hacking. Getting, Is yeah. that something that you can necessarily plan for? Not in a sense of mitigation, but if you have a steady screen, a, a steady stream of income, of passive income from your data that's making money because of your engagement with the digital world, and that's coming in. Yes, that does offset it by nature, organically. Yeah, you know, so we, you say that though. You say that, and that, that's a question I always have. You know, people are always like, "All right, it's hacking is inevitability, almost like gun violence in the United States. It's like it's it's going to happen no matter what because this is our culture, this is the world." But it's not like the government gets hacked every every other month or week, like some of these other corporations. Or that or, the other example where you know what did I say? Twelve U.S. agencies. Yeah, like, yeah, you said twelve. Yeah, but I mean, but it's not again. It's not nearly as frequent as like Target or Walmart when these these guys have to drop. Um, you know, the fact that they've been they've X number of customers have been impacted by some sort of hack. Uh, I'm just I, I, I guess I'm you're not, saying that I, even I have no the idea. Gets hacked, it's like it is unstoppable. Well, but what, well, what I'm saying is mm-hmm. it seems like, you know, almost like a, it's a cyber war in a sense. Right. You have people who are actively yeah. trying to subvert your defenses, whether you're a corporation or a government. It seems like it's the same parties providing this digital security to these entities anyway yeah and you yeah, you true. you build a robust system yeah people are chipping away at it that's their job 24 7 and then they find a hole an entry point and they crack it and they get what they need and then you fill that hole and then the game starts all over again and i imagine that's how it is now will we ever find a way to maybe with quantum computing can't be hacked i have no idea but until yeah, yeah. i can buy a laptop with that maybe you know it is just you know part of the game I have no idea. I Fair don't know enough. anything about this stuff. Is it a lack of resources and research that have gone into this because it's an industry now, computer security, cybersecurity? If I wanted to be cynical, you know, is it is it like that? I don't yeah, know. But I, mean, but I think I don't let the government would let themselves be open to hacking just uh just to be one just of to the feed boys. an industry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Just to feed yeah. exactly. I, I can't see that because it's the danger is too great. Um plus again, it, when it when it comes to government hacking, you've got state actors. It's not like you know, it's not like there's some big old play along uh, when China hacks the uh, the U.S. government. What is interesting is that this is the one thing you can do without incurring, you know, it's not like you hack somebody and then they bomb you. You know, it's like you hack somebody and then they try to create some sanctions that hurt you economically. But because of the way that money filters through hands these days. It's it's like almost impossible to actually hinder anyone. And that's a big player in the world uh, economically. There's always a there's always a reach around. There's always a back door to almost everything. Um, anyway, go on. Yeah. So, with all this in mind, now when you consider how AI could be manipulating this data to either manipulate you or impersonate you, we've seen that with you know actors. And I think James Earl Jones was a segment we did several months ago on the pod. Uh, maybe crack your password, especially if it knows all this information about you. Um, wait, wait. Uh, the, the dangerous... James Jones thing was the was the uh, a what was it AI? It was um... it, it was AI in his voice. Yeah, but that 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 was um that was agreed to, didn't he? Yeah, but but now yeah, it, it's agreed. Yeah, that was agreed to. But yeah. m- the point is, is that if you have nefarious players doing that, or well, yeah, in, in that situation, it would be nefarious players. If you have nefarious players that are able to get access to your likeness, your data, yeah, okay. and impersonate you and Fine. steal your identity and do things, yes. Um, 
like I said, crack your passwords. A, a, a legal entity isn't going to be trying to do that. So there's just risk on both sides, I think. Um, and I think that the more AI becomes ingrained, accessible, normalized, the more danger to society it's going to pose without proper regulation. And we've covered that before. So to that point, Elon Musk just announced his new artificial intelligence company. And I don't know how to say it. I'm going to say XAI because it's the letter X in AI. I have no idea. Times AI. I don't know what he what he's calling it. But um, he says that that company uh, is setting out to seek, and I quote, to understand reality. I don't know what that means. But it's an ironic turn of events, given that Musk accused Zuckerberg of cloning Twitter to create threads by hiring former Twitter engineers. Musk has apparently hired um, former employees of other AI companies to work at his AI company. Those other AI companies being OpenAI, DeepMind, Google Research, and Microsoft Research. So he kind of just did the same thing. Um, but in any case, AI is going to be a part of the mechanisms that directly extract data from you. The point of digital engagement, I think that's why it is relevant, right? The more businesses adopt AI, the more it becomes part of how we do business. When you're engaging with all those websites, with all that stuff, it's not just going to be these little snippets of code that are going to scrape your data and feed it back to a database. AI is going to be there from the beginning, working that into the algorithm, working that into the machine learning and, and taking it over from there. So it's, it's, going to be very hard to keep up. I and mean, it's already hard for a lot of us, me included, to, to, con to, to conceptualize exactly what type of capability is out there, but it's only going to, to skyrocket from here. So how do we get ours? Last episode, we mentioned Jaron Lanier's concept, data dignity, and how it could power UBIs or pensions, or maybe even solve or bolster social, uh, social security. Um, heck, it might even pay for a, a few other things too. But after doing a little digging, and this is where I'm going to kind of pose this back to you, Antoine, um, it wasn't hard to uh, reach the extent of my understanding. So I'm curious if you can comment further about what I'm going to say. Apparently, and I've never heard this before, or maybe I have, but I certainly don't know what it is. Web3 could help with data dignity and the mids, and we covered that last time, that are proposed. Now, again, for our listeners, if you haven't heard the last episode, go check it out, 125, for more info on mids. But mids are basically like unions for people that generate data. And there would be mids for various types of data generated based on its value. So you have these mids negotiating on your behalf with users of data, like corporations, for instance, so that you get your rightful piece of the profits you help generate. Now, getting back to Web3, the brief definition I got from it was that's a combination of blockchain technology, artificial intelligence, and the Internet of Things, which is a term I'm not familiar with. But again, definition of that, it refers to... Um, devices that are networked together over the internet, like household objects to industrial tools. I definitely summarize that. Um, so it's thought that this might be a big enabler of MIDS to operate safely and securely. I have never heard of Web3. I don't know if you have or um, familiar with that in any way. Derisively. <laughs> I feel like anytime someone talks about Web3, it's 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 not in a up and yeah, it's it's not in the Web3 is going to be our savior. It's more like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a boondoggle like Web3 kind of kind of uh, thing. Not to insult anyone who believes in Web3 because uh, I, I'm not an expert in, in terms of this. Uh, Internet of Things, Fediverse, we talked about that last uh, episode that they, they, they maybe we'll get some 
you know irate commenters but as far as i could understand it they they're quite similar and i believe in the even in the article i was reading there was some talk that the fediverse was sort of a brain was uh something that was born out of of that that initial idea the, the parts of web3 uh is is what's informing it uh, but that yeah beyond that i i I cannot speak to Web3. The only thing I can say is that it's been around for a long, this idea has been around for a very long time and has yet to materialize. Um, <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe we're getting to a, what do you call it, a precipice or like a, a breaking point, uh, if you will, where uh, things have gotten so bad and so out of control that we are looking for an alternative. I just, again, this is similar to the, the Linux conversation that we started this episode with. Uh it's out there. Does that mean people are going to migrate over to it? Uh, no, especially if it's more difficult and uh, it's not something that they're familiar with, uh, unless they're forced into it by either some sort of legislation that forces the adoption of a new type of Internet and, uh, and, and ensures that certain corporations and people have to use it for some reason. Uh, again, well, I think don't we're know saying mid three think- do that. But. I think they were saying Web3, it's not so much that we're all going to adopt it. It's that to do these mids, to do all of these unions for different types of data that we all then belong to and that work on our behalf, you need a really like safe and secure technology platform infrastructure to track your data, to track your payments. Like You just need a way to do this securely. And this, because it, I guess it includes blockchain technology and AI and it's connected through this internet of things, which is, you know, any device, I guess, uh, connected to the internet. Um, it, it, this, this, and this gave us the infrastructure to at least build off of now. It, now we have, you know, some traction. That's it fair. is, it's an opportunity there, but yeah, not sure. necessarily I mean, look, the answer. The, the, I mean, the answer to your question, I mean, it, the first question anyone would ask is, all right, uh, does this hurt anyone's profit model? If the answer to that is yes, in any way, shape or form, the likelihood well, it is because of... you're you're getting a piece of it now. Well, now people well, get a percentage. There, there's your answer as to how <laughs> much stomach their appetite there is uh, for this adoption. I, I mean, not to be cynical, but just, you're right. I mean, look, we talked about it in the very beginning. I said that, you know, you got to try something. You know, if Web3, if people want to get on board and if there's I, I would love an opportunity to to test it or to engage with it um, as long as it's not being blocked, actively blocked, which is how I can. I, that's how I foresee the future. Uh, with regard to, you know, why why would Microsoft want to curtail OpenAI's proliferation throughout the web, if, if especially if it's going to make them billions of dollars by adopting something more? Secure so it's like you, so it's like you go on to you go on to uh, Facebook, and then a pop up comes up, and instead of it being like a cookie pop up, a cookie pop up, do you accept these cookies or do you want to uh, go to your preference center? It's um, turn off your data dignity turn off turn <laughs> off your mid turn <laughs> off your mids I wish turn off I, your data dignity I, I that that would be that would be really good for the enforcement of it uh to have to call it that we're, we're, you're actively it, it, you the, a good way of doing this is to shame people I suppose if you really wanted to get action uh do you agree to turn off your dignity and allow this company <laughs> to to essentially um lease you lack of yeah. different terminology so yeah anyway I, look, I, look, that's I, it i, I wanted to raise awareness about 
Yeah. The amount of data that people have, right? Again, going back to just every, from driving your car, folks, your car has a computer in it. You go to get checked up, they plug in to diagnose it, but they're probably downloading stuff. They certainly have access to it. You got your GPS, you got all these different things that are just collecting so much information what, on you. What was that episode that we did with where I talked about, um, it was the guy who was a Sam, whatever, who's in charge of open AI. We did the, we covered the Altman. Uh, was it, was it Altman? Yeah, so, I think so. Something like that. And uh, did it, I, we played bits of the testimony and we were laughing about Congress bringing up, uh, what was it? Is the house was, it was a Senate. No, it was a Senate. It was in front of the Senate committee, Senate, uh, some sort of Senate committee. We're, we're bringing up like Napster in, in Napster. terms of uh, discussing the future of the internet. And, uh, and, and they brought this... up Napster, how they, how they blew it, how they, <laughs> how they were inept. So instead of saying this is how we're going to do it differently this time, yeah. they said, you know, we really blew that Napster thing. Right. And it's like, great. Bring up all your past failures to say how you're failing now. Yeah. I mean, but that's as kind if of what Napster that was. was the last failure, that that's part of the ridiculous of it. As, as well, if yeah. you haven't made other issues, like as if they, again, as if a couple of big players haven't completely created and owned the Internet. I mean, Google was nothing when Napster was running around. There was no such thing as as a Google website. I mean, that company didn't even, I mean, it existed, but not in the way in which it exists today. So for you to blow up and be like, we've brought the ball on Napster, which is now defunct, doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. That if your mental space is all the way back there in 1998, there is no way. That these legislators are going to catch up to what's going on in Web three. I'm just saying that 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 was part of the crux of the episode. You could go back, everyone, but the the, the way we were critiquing the the Senate hearing was that it was like the questions they were asking were just so far behind the times. It was like you guys are so far, you know, you're you're so far removed from where the conversation needs to be, and you're you're playing catch up, and you need to be ahead. Like right now, you need to be looking. These guys need to be kind of in your rear view mirror as you're thinking about how you're going to restrict and legislate the the way in which uh, these guys have, A, trained their machine, uh, looking for bias, looking for uh, infringement on copyright, stealing from, uh, from, from artists and actors and writers in order to build these, these models. Uh, you know, they weren't even there. They were nowhere near any of that space. And it's like, it's like <laughs> to think that they're going to get into a Web3, which is again, that's a that's a that's a massive leap forward. We're talking about you know that that's that's um that's four D chess Web three. That's that's a space where we have yet to to embark. And uh, I don't I don't know, man. This is just it's so wild. It's 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 depressing. You laugh so you don't cry, but it's yeah, it's just depressing. I think when you really get down to it, it's like how are we ever going to get up there? How are we going to get there? How how on earth? Awareness is conscious. You awareness. need everyone needs to recognize the existence of their data. Let's start there. Let's start there, folks. Tomorrow, tomorrow, just one day tomorrow. Be aware of everything you do digitally. It, everything, not just I opened my computer. What did you do on it? What did you type in? What did you click on? What did you scroll through? What did you hover over, right? They capture that, you hover over it. They know exactly what you're hovering over. They create heat maps from it. They know how long you hovered over it. They know all that stuff. Think of everything that you do and just understand how much pixie dust you give off in a day. You know what I would love in that line? Because I think what you're, I think you're playing into this. And this is for people smarter than us, unfortunately. But 
it would be amazing if there was a company that could model based on a questionnaire. They you give a questionnaire to to the individual and they just input exactly like you just said. How many websites did you visit today? Uh, how long? What's your approximate time you felt you hovered over X number of types of buttons? You know, you're you're picking out the things that people normally would collect data and make money off of, and then to give you an estimate as to how much money you've earned today if we were in a Web three model. I think that would be really cool because that's something you could promote, and then people could be aware. I mean, I think that that, and then you could do a savings account of it too. Where if you go back and re-enter it every day, it can keep telling you how much money yeah. you would have after a month and then after a year. And that, that could be a compelling argument. Eventually, people could say, holy crap, I've got, got $10,000 that is sitting in this model's bank account if the if everyone was playing fair and actually paying me a portion of the uh, money they owe me by taking my data and using it to better their own systems and increase their own profitability. That I think would be compelling. That would be something that I think would get a lot of buzz. It, listeners out there, I'm giving you the idea because I can't do it. I can't. I don't have the Antoine, bandwidth. This resources. was the idea from the carcinogen counter. You're just repackaging the carcinogen counter. I am. That, you, that you didn't seem totally bought in about. So the carcinogen <laughs> counter that will kill you. Um, you're on the fence with but this like data it. thing. Look, I didn't see, like money it. drive. Look, it's money talks, folks. Yeah, look. I, even I, the socialist is all in on the money through the hell, all in on the money. I'm all about equity. I'm all about I'm all about getting people their fair share, especially when they're already working for it. That that's all it is, people. That's all that's all socialism is. It's just giving you your fair share because you've already put in the labor. It's rewarding you for what you're already doing, which is which is here. You're already giving these corporations everything they need. You might as well get paid for it because other than that. What, what what's the point why who who goes out into the world and said please rob me take everything from me i i enjoy the experience of being robbed if you're being robbed of your data at least you should get some sort of recompense anyway all right then all right well that's right. it folks we got new clips out every week fridays are the full episodes uh, like and subscribe to us on YouTube, Twitter, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And with that, I bid you all a very good retraction. Oh.